Hi everyone, I'm Juliette and welcome back to Love Stories Radio. This is a podcast where we answer all your wedding questions, those that you sent us and those that you didn't. If you're listening to this podcast, I have a hunch you're here because you're planning your wedding or you're in a wedding and you want to know the answers to the questions that everyone else is thinking or maybe that you haven't even thought of yet. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a few pointers on other episodes to listen to if you're new here. Episode 9 is our most listened to show, so that's a good place to start. We discuss what to do if you don't love your engagement ring. Yikes. Episode 27 is another popular one where we talk about the best thing to wear under your wedding dress. If you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode, you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com, DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv, or pose it in our Slack group for brides and wedding pros, which you can join at bit.ly slash lstbslack. But it doesn't stop there. Watching real weddings on lovestoriestv.com is the best and the most fun way to plan your wedding. Search and filter tens of thousands of real wedding videos to find the ideas, products, and pros you need for your wedding. Already know your venue? Watch videos of real weddings that happen there to learn about and research other pros who have worked at that same location. Are you comparing two wedding planners? Watch videos of real weddings they planned to get a sense of their work. Need vow inspiration? We got that too. Watching real wedding videos are literally the best way to get ideas for your own speeches, vows, and toasts. If you can't find what you're looking for on lovestoriestv.com, get in touch with us. Send us an email at questions at lovestoriestv.com with your ask and we'll guide you to the best videographers, florists, cake makers, planners, hashtag creators, you name it, we got it. Welcome to the show, Mandy and Lania. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. We're so pumped to be here. Excited to talk all things skincare with you guys. So for our listeners, Mandy and Lania are the co-founders of BOM, your new skincare trainer, which offers virtual skin consultations to help you build a better routine. So I'd love to hear sort of the genesis behind BOM, how you guys started it, why you started it, and what you're doing. Yeah, so I start. We started out um, as a skincare newsletter, really focused on breaking down the science of skincare, what's behind it. Um, so my background is in stem cell biology and nutrition, so I came into skincare from a research background, um, and I grew up with sensitive skin and eczema. So finding the right products for my skin was always a really heavy lift, and it wasn't until I started applying sort of the science to that journey that I had a breakthrough and could figure out what I really needed and. I came to Lania with this um, idea, and uh, she helped me bring it to life. Yeah, my background is in branding and design, and I'm a beauty, like, obsessed consumer. My issue was I was buying so many products, and then I didn't know what was actually working for my skin. Like, was I wasting money? Like, are the ingredients that I'm putting on my face actually doing anything? So that's when Mandy came to me telling me she was researching PubMed to learn more about skincare ingredients. I was like, this is crazy. I said, let's actually like put this knowledge um, out there because it's something that's super useful um, mm-hmm. for consumers, yeah. who, people who are learning new are new to skincare or are obsessed with skincare and want to optimize their routine. Yeah. Um, so we started out as that, and through um, 
basically building a community on our newsletter. Um, we had a lot of interviews with our community members to figure out what was the main pain point in their skincare journey. And a lot of it came down to they don't know how to cut through the noise. Mm -hmm. There's so many products on the market. Um, and how do you know who to trust? Um, how do you know what routine is best for you? Right. And through that um, basically pain point that we realized that we also face, Balm like evolved out of. Yeah. Um, so that's why we wanted to be the one who is that trusted advisor mm -hmm. that helps you navigate this crazy world of skincare mm -hmm. and finding a routine that really works well for your yeah. skin. And I was telling you guys, I a bunch of my career experience was at Birchbox mm -hmm. and I was on the content and social media team. So I was constantly fielding questions from women who were like, where do I start with my skincare routine? Like, there's so much to cut through. I don't know where to begin. So it's so needed still. And obviously, there's a demand for it. Like, yeah. we all want to have good skin and know what works for us. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for brides-to-be, for a lot of people listening, it's the first time they're really getting serious about a skincare mm -hmm. routine. Maybe yes. they just sort of, like, had, you know, they did whatever their mom told them or their, like, friends <laughs> were telling them, yeah. but they weren't really taking it seriously. And now... There's an opportunity, you know, there's going to be a lot of photos and videos taken of you on your wedding day. And a lot of people have questions, particularly about getting into the right skincare routine as you're planning your wedding. Yeah. And like on that day, you want every photo, video angle of you to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. Like you don't want like that straight pit bull to appear in totally. any of your photos. And if you could be the bride that says, I had no retouching, like... <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to be that person? I think that's why we're all yeah. like awakening to this fact. I think you hit those periods in your life where all of a sudden you're looking in the mirror and you're like, wait, I need to take action on this. Like, what should I do yeah. next? Yeah. And with video, I mean, there isn't retouching. <laughs> exactly. Sure. So now that more and more couples are choosing to have a videographer for the wedding yeah. and, you know, they're putting it on social media they yeah. can't hide behind that anymore. And makeup artists always say to us, like, we're not magicians. Like, <laughs> we can we can help a lot, but yeah. you have to – so much of it starts with a good sure. skincare routine. Yeah. So. Sure. Okay, so tell me about what exactly a BOM membership gets you. What is the process like? So our – we specifically focus on helping people build skincare routines. So um, our onboarding process asks you a bunch of questions about your skin, your current products – so we have over 100 data points on any given face, which is then used um, on our end to help you filter through products. So you can see um, how your products actually match up to your current skincare routine. So we give you a percentage. And that's really important so you can understand, okay, like my cleanser is only 30% matched for my skin. Like I should probably be looking for a new cleanser because the ingredients aren't really matched for the issues that I'm trying to solve or the type of skin that I actually have. Mm -hmm. And then you also get access to our balm trainers. So these are professionals um, from the industry that are trained to help you um, understand your skin. So the focus is really an ingredient-based approach. We're really focused on the science of products, how they're formulated, why the ingredients actually matter, and how you can use that information to like make the right product choice. Mm -hmm. um, but also to give you tips on like, okay, you're actually cleansing four times a day, like you should really pair that back yeah. to two, and that's something that people don't realize is really bad for them. Over cleansing is like a really big mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of our advice on average is to stop doing something or to remove a product mm -hmm. from your routine and not to actually add anything. So we're really focused 
not on telling you and not focused on any other thing than making your skin better and whatever that would take. So we could recommend a facial, we could recommend a new product, we could yeah. recommend more sleep. You know what I mean? Like all of those things really contribute to better skin. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're about. It's like your own personal like skincare best friend in your pocket. I know. <laughs> exactly. A therapist for your skin. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. you're just like, I'm going through it. Please tell me what I need to do differently. Yes. Yeah. I love Absolutely. That. Okay, so if you had to pick one type of product that all brides-to-be, even grooms-to-be, should be using Ooh. as they're prepping for the wedding, what would it be? Sunscreen, 100%. I want to pick two. Oh, you can pick two. <laughs> well, I was going to say plus what? a retinol. Mm. Ah, yeah. A retinol, particularly because it's really good for... Um, one, the signs of anti-aging, mm -hmm. really good. it lightly exfoliates your face. Mm -hmm. So in terms of short term and long term, it's the best. And if you're, it's just like you figure out who your new, uh, what your new gym is gonna be. Like mm -hmm. you figure out your retinol like yeah. once in advance, so you can really see the effects. Yeah. But those are the two. And things. retinol needs to be paired with sunscreen because right. yeah. the retinol is a treatment that is on the harsher side. You need to protect your skin from yeah. the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sunscreen, like even when I talk to grooms to be, I'm like. Are you at least like using yeah, sunscreen, sunscreen, please? Yeah. <laughs> because every lot of skin issues that people are facing are all exasperated by sun exposure. So like hyperpigmentation. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, acne, fine lines and wrinkles, all of that. Yeah. Like it's affected by the sun. So if you are diligent about your sun protection, mm -hmm. it will be a lot easier. Do you for have you. any preferred products for sunscreen mm -hmm. and retinol? Mm, for sunscreen, I'm a really big on sunscreen from mm, Supergoop. Such a good one. I'm like dark skin, and mm -hmm. so that's like mm -hmm. the amazing sunscreen. It has zinc in it, which I like a mineral-based sunscreen yeah. as well. So um, physical sunscreens are the most effective. I love Elta MD. Mm -hmm. They have a great one yeah, that's great. For the retinol. No, for uh, sun sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And they also um, include niacinamide mm -hmm. in their formulation, which basically helps uh, tone down redness. So mm -hmm. that's basically for a lot of fairer people who like turn extremely red in terms of sun exposure. It's It gets a double effect, yeah. like protecting you, but also keeping your redness I just started day. using that one, and I... Those two are actually my favorite sunscreen. Yeah, <laughs> like I interchanged yeah. them. Yeah, they're and like I used to be. I mean, I always wear sunscreen because I have super fair skin, mm -hmm. but I hated it. Like yeah. I always hated yeah. putting it on. I didn't like it as like part of my skincare routine because it felt yeah. yeah. But those two products are great. They're yeah. like skincare. Yeah, <laughs> and then Elton also has a retinol right. that is like I I'd say probably one of the most recommended by dermatologists as well. Um, like every dermatologist I ever speak to recommends this product as well. So yeah, um, it's a really good at least starter retinol. Yeah, mm -hmm. I always love to recommend retinols in an oil formulation mm. um, because the oil as a delivery function is a lot easier on the skin for people who do get red or more sensitive mm -hmm. skin. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple like really great like retinol suspended in oil that oh, are interesting. Awesome. Yeah. What brands are those? Um, I know Mara. Mm -hmm. Mara, mm -hmm. uh, they're a clean beauty brand. Um, I use their retinol, so that's the one that's on my mm -hmm. mind. Um, but Mara, and then I know that The Ordinary actually has one, too, that is yes. um, yeah. suspended in squalene. Don't quote me what on that. What are your but, thoughts yeah. on The Ordinary as skincare mm -hmm. experts? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I hear mixed things about mm -hmm. the efficacy of their product. So what's your take? I think that they were a really good starter yeah. um, pack, if you will, mm -hmm. because... 
what they've done in terms of isolating specific ingredients is allows you to try that out. So like if you only want to do hyaluronic acid or only niacinamide, mm -hmm. you can then like isolate almost your like your own uh, little science experiment to yeah. understand like what ingredients work well on your skin and which right. ones don't, particularly if you have sensitive skin and mm -hmm. you're just like, I don't want my uh, skin to freak out because I use like an AHA or a BHA like right. acid. And you're spending like sixty dollars to like so figure much that money. out. Yeah, exactly. And it and it might be that. It might be something else, yeah. right? And so in this way, you can really isolate. Okay, is it actually the lactic acid or the glycolic acid, or mm -hmm. something else in this other product? Mm -hmm. um, so then you can get a better sense of what your skin actually needs. So I think that they're really good for that specific strategy of yeah. figuring out what you want to use on your face. Yeah, yeah. And we we were a proponent of like really sophisticated formulations, and you pay more premiums mm -hmm. for sophisticated formulations when it is something that's a more like one or two ingredient base that's why they're able to have such a you know a low price point which is great yeah like to have that easy access mm -hmm. to those types of products yeah but if you're looking for a formulation that's been tested like multiple times like spend years like pre -cre like um, perfecting, perfecting. Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah that's sometimes it's worth the money to go towards the formulation like that yeah definitely you know, yeah it's not an ordinary scenario yeah but yeah Okay, we're going to continue to nerd out over skincare, which yeah. is just the best. So on the show, we always round up questions from real brides and couples who are asking things in secret Facebook groups, they're DMing <laughs> us on Instagram. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of skincare questions, so I'm excited to debunk any of these myths with you, with you and also get your expert advice. So we're going to jump into about 10 questions um, that we've gathered from the internets, and we'll just get started. Well, okay. we also have a quick announcement. Yeah. We're excited for all the people that submitted from the Love Stories community. We're going to give them a free consultation. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we love their questions. And we're like, we need more time. To yeah, we're like, this. let's go into the secret. <laughs> we have so many yeah. follow-up questions. So for anyone who submitted a question that we get to, we'd love to give them a free consultation. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Oh, so good. Okay, so the first question is, I'm pretty bad about skincare, but I want to start a basic routine so I can have better skin on my wedding day. What yes. should I start with? So there are really four things that you want to focus on. Cleanse, treat, moisturize, and protect. So cleansing means preparing your skin for the rest of your routine, getting the day off, getting the gunk off, the dirt off, the sweat off, whatever that might be. Treating, that's where you get to focus on a specific issue that you're dealing with, whether that's redness, acne, hyperpigmentation. Um, what's really good is one or two serums or toner. Um, and then to moisturize, you want a thick moisturizer if you're living in a cold weather place at this time of year. Mm -hmm. um, and if not, you can use a lighter moisturizer. And then to protect, you always gotta use sunscreen. So I don't think it comes down to just one product. It's really having those four components in your routine. That could be three products. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be four, it doesn't have to be 10. Mm -hmm. But you really wanna make sure you're doing all of those things. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on moisturizers that have SPF in it? Like, can you combine steps three and four? Um, the, the one caveat to moisturizers with SPF or anything with SPF mm -hmm. is that um, some of those formulations, in some of those formulations, the SPF actually isn't effective. It's not really doing anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't mix all of the other ingredients. Mm -hmm. Two, it may not be enough uh, sunscreen, actually. So, like, it's competing with all the other mm -hmm. ingredients in the formulation. Yeah. So we always recommend keeping it separate um, if you can. Yeah. That's like the best recommendation to make sure you're really getting enough sunscreen. So like just like you wouldn't want to use 
uh, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and <laughs> like try not yeah. to bring it on. Yeah. What I loved about this like SPF revolution though is everyone's thinking about sunscreen. It's so much more accessible. People feel a lot more open yeah. to using it in their routine. So like if you have it in your makeup, you have it in your moisturizer, it's awesome. Then take that extra leap and just use an SPF yeah. separately. I mean, if you're going to use a moisturizer with SPF, you definitely need to apply a separate one. Like halfway through the day mm-hmm. because it will definitely not have the same effect yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. I'm 34 days out and whiteheads are popping up on my face. I haven't changed any skincare products but have been working out harder and I think sweat is causing me to break out. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to get rid of them? Mm-hmm. Two-part question here. I think uh, one of the parts is how to like to remove like the white how to treat whiteheads mm-hmm. um, and then there's also the how to take care of your skin when you are working out more mm-hmm. um, first in the working out uh, section the biggest thing that you should do post-workout is cleanse your face immediately mm-hmm. a lot of people will you know let the sweat sit on them you know wait a couple hours and then maybe like shower midday or something yeah. like that at least if you have access to a sink, get in your gentle cleanser um, and then the rest of your routine. Mm-hmm. Um, we always recommend a gentle cleanser post-workout. So the best um, all-around, most gentle for all skin types are going to be creamy or milky-based cleansers. Mm. So love those. <laughs> they feel so good. I only yeah. use them now. Yeah. Um, Do you have any recommendations, products? Biologique Recherche Layu cleanser is like the only one you ever need to use ever again. And they have different versions of it that I absolutely love. And what I, and this is how you know they're really amazing and thoughtful. Their travel size only comes in one version, which um, is used with infused with oxygen. Because if you're traveling, your face is likely yeah. if you're going on an airplane or a train or any place that's like air controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a lot of moisture sucked out of it. And so if you can actually um, infuse it with oxygen, you're helping to one, increase the breathability of your face, but also increase the hydration of your face. So I love that they formulated their travel size in one specific way that's based yeah. on the fact that you're traveling. That's so smart. Anyway, so the <laughs> is like so good. I also love Environ's um, cleansing milk. They mm. also have an amazing one that I just started using and it feels, it feels really good. <laughs> it's amazing. What I just love about Milky cleansers and it just sounds so like sumptuous right (laughs) you feel luxurious when you put it on i went to the gym this morning um for a boxing class and afterwards i spent straight up 30 minutes (laughs) massaging my face i I, I use my little you i wash my face and then i put on a hydrating mask and like went into the steam room for a few minutes that sounds so nice and that's exactly (laughs) what you need to do right like you need to clean that off i don't want to steal the rest of layers (laughs) advice like (laughs) mandy's like this is what i do do it too (laughs) but it's like it is actually the best strategy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um all right yeah cleansing Something related to the whitehead part of this is interesting. We have noticed from consultations is that a lot of people who are working out um, will cleanse two times in the morning, basically before they go to work well, out I was and ask, after. Like, do you do it before and after? Yeah. We have a, a recommendation where we, you only should rinse your face uh-huh. or use micellar water okay. before the gym because. 
the main cleanse needs to be post-workout, mm-hmm. post all this gym bacteria on your face, all the sweat on your face. Mm-hmm. That's when um, you should be actually doing your cleanse. And sometimes when you're cleansing too much, that can create excess oil production, which yeah. could, you know, clog pores, creating whiteheads. Mm-hmm. So we always recommend, like, either if you can do just a rinse, um, some people want to feel like they're removing something. Micellar water is great because it's basically just oil suspended in water. Mm-hmm. Um, micellar water, rinse that off, do your workout, then um, do your full cleanse and routine after, um, after the gym. Yeah. Um, and then also something that's just... Uh, I'm always very conscious of in the gym. I don't know if other people think about this. Is what your face is touching yeah. in the gym, right? The bacteria, gym bacteria, mm. is, a, is a different type of bacteria. Um, <laughs> but like yoga mats, right? Like yeah. if your face is on a yoga mat, a lot of uh, people will disinfect the mat after your class. But I would even go the extra yeah. step and disinfect it before I don't trust I their trust disinfecting. Putting. Yeah, and like I don't know. Sometimes people or put like, a towel I, down. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bring your own towel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, those are just some workout tips. Yeah, good. That's I feel like that's a good one. Okay, I need skincare help. I never ever break out, but now a few months before the wedding, I keep getting one or two pimples on my chin. What should I start doing or using to try to prevent this from happening? So this was a scenario where I wish we could have asked follow-up questions because mm-hmm. I'm curious if it's around your period. Yeah. In particular, if you're having acne on your chin, it's most likely hormonal mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. And so with that, the way that you want to deal with your acne is very gently. Um, so if it's happening right before your period or right around your period, what happens at that time is your skin is producing a little bit more extra sebum. And what happens um, with in terms of the structure of the skin, it's harder for oil to actually escape um, because of the different hormones at play. And so what, you're, what happens is you're in this period where you're really, really, really likely to get acne if you don't do things like exfoliate, like leading up to your period, um, you might want to step it up an additional exfoliation or just yeah. simply lightly just rubbing that area. And this is like before the pimples. This come. is like before the pimples. Come. So like if, again, this, this is around your period, and yeah. you know your period's coming. I never know when it's coming because I never track it because I'm lazy. <laughs> but like if you do track it, I think it's better recommend to track it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you will know when it's coming, and like the week before, you can prepare by exfoliating that area a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but two, you want to use things like a salicylic acid if once the pimple arrives so this is going to kill the bacteria and also begin the process of um, healing this the um, the actual pimple you'll want to reduce the inflammation so the reason it gets big is because it, it swells in that area so um, doing like a, a charcoal mask is something that I really recommend um, that's going to help uh, reduce the inflammation in that area and when you're doing things like um, a light acid or like a light exfoliation with a chemical, um, only use it as a spot treatment. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to put this all over your face, really just targeted where the acne is. Mm-hmm. My favorite way to do this is through like a zit sticker or something mm-hmm. like that. So like I'm actually wearing them right now. Is that Starface? Starface is on. Um, <laughs> the Peter Thomas Roth, they have a really good one that's completely clear and I will wear that throughout the day. Like I I would be the person to wear one of those on my wedding day because yes. I have no I don't care I just want it to be like, skincare doesn't stop because you're getting married yeah um, and true. so I like wearing them out and about so the star face is fun because it's like an accessory basically like I already have glitter on my eyelids like why not it so star it looks amazing <laughs> and then um, Peter Thomas 
job if you want to be a little bit more clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me. You got like, you're like crushing it today, but you don't want everyone to know that yeah. you have a new pimple. So, that'd be your time as well. Starface on your wedding day, I think, is going to be a new trend. Uh, yeah. 2020. I'm ready. I'm ready. I would, I would do it. Well, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to say it. Well, I need it. I don't need it. Okay. Maybe I'll just like, have them draw a star. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, Next question, how often should you get a facial leading up to the wedding? I just had my first facial last week, and though I'm a tad blotchy, I love the outcome. My skin is smoother in texture overall, and my pores are less pronounced. I was thinking of once every two months. I don't plan to continue facials regularly after the wedding, but with most of the actual planning done, I'm excited to work on something else for the wedding. Congrats on your first facial. Yeah. That's exciting. I am obsessed with facials. Like, I can talk about facials all day, Lane every day. Lane is always on her way to a facial. Yeah, they're the best. Or get her lashes done. Like, she's either on her way to a facial or does got her lashes done. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, but rule of thumb for facials every six weeks. Um, and a lot of this is based on cell turnover rate. So um, on average, cell turnover Cell, your skin, like cell turnover is every 30 to 40 days. This actually slows down as you age, so it um, takes longer as you get older. But um, we recommend getting facials every six weeks. And what I would recommend, because um, this uh, person really liked um, the way that their pores felt mm -hmm. afterwards, basically extractions, um, I would recommend altering different types of facials every six weeks, but keeping the extractions consistent. Because the only way that you're truly clearing out your pores, it doesn't matter your at-home routine, you can do a lot of prevention of mm -hmm. um, making sure your pores don't get clogged. Mm. But the only way to truly like get everything out of your pores is through manual extraction. Yeah. So I always recommend getting manual extraction every six weeks. Mm -hmm. But she can um, update the different types of facials she gets. So one of them could be um, a more acne-based treatment if this person struggles with acne. Mm -hmm. The next one could be super hydrating and yeah. maybe some microcurrent for some facial sculpting. Mm -hmm. um, but would always recommend not doing a new type of treatment a month before your wedding. Yes. So oh, we see these yeah. questions all the time in the Facebook groups. They're like, I think I'm going to get a facial like this week and my wedding is like, next I'm going to get week. a chemical peel. No, like, no. Don't try anything new before <laughs> no. the wedding. Like, Do you not need to start your routine as soon as you get engaged, yes. preferably earlier. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do not get a facial the day before your wedding. No. Like, get a massage, get a pedicure, yeah, yeah. all everything <laughs> but your face yeah yeah but i would get a facial like at least like two or three weeks before the actual Absolutely. day mm -hmm. yeah. but that's why i like the alternating because it could be one that you're like oh i've already done this i know how my skin um reacts afterwards yeah. mm -hmm. do that same one probably going to be a more microcurrent um plus um hydrating mm -hmm. um facial because those ones are the best um, they call them like red carpet facials where they're all mm -hmm. about like the aesthetic of your face like mm -hmm. how do we like um make your face like as like poreless and like sculpted <laughs> as possible yeah um, those yes. are really great a few weeks before your wedding yeah if yeah. you want to look snatched like if you want your cheekbones uh, to look snatched before your wedding do microcurrent like yeah. that's exactly what you want there it is going to zap everything into place we did on um, tracy martin's um they have a special like microcurrent um, i think it's a red carpet facial yeah it's yeah. called a red carpet facial yeah i don't yeah. remember the name of their microcurrent machine but it's like a special one that they've like mm -hmm. designed themselves 
And um, Mandy and I were doing it before this event we had, and we could not believe our faces. <laughs> it was one hour of pure microcurrent. Yes. Because wow. usually a lot of facials will do it for like 15 or 20 minutes, yeah. and it still is a great um, a great uh, result that you see yeah. afterwards. But when it's one hour just of like pure... Cheek dense for yeah. days. Cheeks. Chin. Yeah. Like, forehead. Yeah. All of the above. It's actually, yeah. Like, it's just... <laughs> it was amazing. It's so great. Wow. And that's the kind of thing you can do, like, days before the wedding. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. going to be just fine. I just would not have an extraction within seven days of your wedding. Yeah. Like, I would never do Especially because this person said they get blotchy. Yeah. So they probably have the type of reaction towards them. Yeah. Do you have any other favorite facial places? Ooh. Um, I know so, mostly New York. Um, yeah. Chase and Martin is an excellent place to go. Mm-hmm. Like, you will get the best in terms, like, they really invested in their tech as well, um, LED tech, their microcurrents. Um, I like to go to Rescue Spa, actually. Mm-hmm. That place just makes me feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, beyond the fact that I think they have got great, great estheticians, they use the Biologique products, which I am a really big fan of, and use at home, so I really like the benefit of the continuity of yeah. the product line. Um, but I think they just do a really good job. <laughs> Extractions are popping. So good. What other places? I go to Joanna Vargas. Mm-hmm. I love them yeah. a lot yes. um, because I love their oxygen treatment. I love mm-hmm. their microcurrents. Mm-hmm. I love their microdermabrasion. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have been going to a lot of independent estheticians who I mm-hmm. love um, because I like having going to the same esthetician mm-hmm. over the um, a period of time so that like they really know my skin. We have like goal, long-term goals that we're working towards. So Sophia at Glamour Skin is amazing and mm-hmm. I've been working for a, real, a long time. Um, Glovar is a Rachel is one of our Birch Birch Box. Yeah, yeah. I love Glovar. I'm a member. Um, Yay. So what I like about them is that you can go in for something super targeted. Like I think a great mix is going to a Glovar to do like my extraction. So I need 30 minutes. I need to just like get everything off my face. And then go to um, another place that's more pampering. Like a restaurant that's a little bit more on the pampering side, which I really love. I want to be baby basically when I show up. And so that's a great place to get the rest of everything else. Totally. You know, so that's a good way to combine. I know, I like to mix it too. Yeah. Like Globar sort of my like targeted yeah. effective treatments and yeah. then um, one of my other friends started, she's an esthetician in New York called mm. it's called Tulora. Have you heard mm. of this? No. She does like all kind of botanical um, a lot of like natural active ingredients and yeah. it's like a two and a half hour experience oh, and it's just like so relaxing yes, all I want <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like I need both of those like yeah. you said yeah it's a good mix and then yeah. so you basically can alternate them every six weeks so yeah perfect mm-hmm. what was the place I went to uh, you weren't there but where you went to Ugh. I just imagine both of you are always just getting your skin treated together, yeah. <laughs> like experiencing it together. We that got the couple's weird. room at the Tracy Martin spa. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, New York Dermatology, New York Dermatology Group. Mm. They have an amazing facial too. I don't remember what it's called, but just ask for the one where they first start with soaking your feet. Like oh, I went to get I'm, a facial and they started by soak. <laughs> I definitely should have gone to pedicure. You know when you yeah. aren't ready? For, you're yeah. Like, it's wintertime. My toes don't need to be seen by anyone. And then you show up. <laughs> like, here's the food. We're going to rub your feet. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. Wow. But it was amazing. And that was like a two-hour experience. And that's that the kind of thing delightful. where that's like, so relaxing. And that's what I want to do before my wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of facial you want to have the week before or like yeah. four days before your wedding. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, so many good tips in here. Okay, next question. I've been I've begun to develop fine lines on my forehead and I'm only 24. I get married late next year and have never really had any skincare routine. I've never had acne, so I'm very lucky, but these wrinkles are killing my vibe. <laughs> so blessed. Um, so we talked about a couple of things that would actually be really helpful for this person. So one retinol, you're getting married at the end of next year, you've got a year, start using your retinol. The entire point of it is to work on fine lines um, and wrinkles, so all those like aging signs. Uh, retinol is key, so you know, rewind if you want to hear everything about retinol again. Um, <laughs> microcurrent, for the same reasons we just said, but like this um, will also not just make your skin um, more snatched, as, as I say, but it will also, it specifically targets like the fine lines mm -hmm. and wrinkles. So that's why a microcurrent facial will be a really great idea. And if you're not opposed to it, Botox, because I think that the case for starting Botox younger mm -hmm. um, is really being made, and I think um, it makes sense for certain people. So mm -hmm. if that's something you're open to, just like a few injections. Mm -hmm. This is not something you do like in the last three months before your wedding. Mm -hmm. Like this is like mm -hmm. something you try now or you try in six months yeah. Yeah. to give yourself some time. But, like shop around for a really good dermatologist to do this yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. But I think a couple injections would easily like especially if they're on the forehead. Easy. Yeah, yeah, make that go away, and then like continue doing your retinol and your microcurrent, mm -hmm. like you'll be fine. And do you recommend finding a dermatologist to do your Botox versus going to like a med spa? Absolutely. Yeah. 100% would go with a dermatologist mm -hmm. over any other source mm -hmm. for I this. Yeah. It's, it, I consider it to be a medical procedure. Like I know mm -hmm. that it can be done in other places, but like I would want a doctor and you should want a doctor. Yeah. To if there's a needle this. going in my head, I want a yeah. doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. oh, That's a really good question. There was this one med spa in... Uh, was it Louisiana? It was. I don't remember where it was. I mean, it's but that was a, that was a, for microneedling, which is, oh, yeah, which yeah. we also recommend going to a dermatologist for microneedling. Yeah. Microneedling yeah. is if someone had a question about acne scarring, like microneedling is one yeah. of the best treatments for that. Mm -hmm. Definitely go to a reputable dermatologist because what Mandy's referring to. <laughs> Mandy, why are you laughing? It's actually really bad. I know, but um, it's just like almost comical. Like yeah. what was? I mean, this is why you should not. Well, someone got HIV from a needle yeah. because it was no. not clean. It was a dirty yeah. needle. Yeah. So beyond like, like the expertise in the actual procedure, like things like that, like are fresh needles being used? Yeah. Like, do they have a good reputation overall? Like, yeah. That's a good reason to focus on a doctor. Like there's real channel. If anything goes wrong, there's like actual channels to go through yeah. the doctor versus outside of it. And if right. it goes wrong, you probably end up at a doctor anyway. So yeah, you true. really should just start there. Yeah, don't cheap out on that. Yeah, it's no, don't save money on your own. No, so, yeah, yeah. pay for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, you can like start with the retinol and microcurrent first mm -hmm. because yeah. that might be depending on how many like fine lines you have, that might be yeah. able to really get rid of it. But. For sure. Okay, next question. Hey ladies, any <laughs> tips on skincare for clean, smooth, and even skin for your big day? I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, so I have some extra hair where I don't want it, like on my sideburns, lip, and chin, and I pluck and shave, but I have some slight discoloration because of this. So I'm looking for a toning regimen as well as just cleaning, smoothing, and being breakout free. What do you recommend? Mm, yes. So with PCOS, it is common to have hair in places um, over your face and body that might not have been there before, as well as darker um, places of skin. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of 
that a lot of times I've seen that around like the mm -hmm. lip area is usually yeah. like a big area um, and it actually is because of a hormonal imbalance, um, specifically insulin, that creates mm. these like darker patches of skin on your face. Um, so a lot of the treatment that is being done with PCOS is hormonal. So the skincare regimen is not treating the root cause of it, but there are things you can do to aesthetically like make your skin um, look brighter and lighter in certain areas. And basically, the big there are three things that you should be doing for that. Um, first thing is using your sunscreen. Like we've said before, <laughs> hyperpigmentation is, yeah. uh, can worsen um, with like uh, unprotected sun exposure. So definitely make sure you're very vigilant on your sunscreen. Mm -hmm. um, next is using a daily vitamin C serum. So vitamin C is amazing for working on skin texture and hyperpigmentation. Um, so we always recommend having a daily vitamin C that you're using in conjunction with some sort of um, exfoliating treatment mm -hmm. and so we don't like to re recommend just exfoliating treatments just willy-nilly uh, without knowing more about what's the context of someone's routine uh, because we've actually found out that a lot of people are over exfoliating some of the yeah. things that people don't even realize our exfoliants are actually exfoliants. Like, wow, um, what's an example of that? Um, certain cleansers, sometimes people don't realize that their cleanser is actually an exfoliating mm -hmm. cleanser because mm -hmm. it has like acids in it. Right, they just think it's like the grainy stuff. Yeah. But there's actually like active exfoliants. Yeah, so. retinol. Sometimes people don't realize that retinol is actually an exfoliant. Um, vitamin C is also an exfoliant. Toners, so sometimes people think that their toner is like a hydrating toner, but it's actually an astringent toner, which is actually <laughs> stripping the face. So yeah. there's a lot of, um, especially because toner in itself, I think used to be more of a hydrating thing, but now there are a lot of treatment toners, which ha are basically AHA, BHA toners. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically we always love to look at the context of someone's routine to be like, where does exfoliation fit in? We're not gonna recommend it when you're doing other exfoliating parts of your routine. Like potentially if you're doing your vitamin C in the morning, you're gonna do your exfoliation at night and you're only gonna do it about three times a week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's different types of exfoliation. Um, the strongest type would be an AHA and BHA um, toner or serum um, or mask, which is basically alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids. But um, they're basically um, chemicals that remove the um, dead skin cells off your face, which then reveals brighter, more radiant skin underneath. So that helps with the aesthetics of hyperpigmentation. What about laser hair removal? What's mm. your stance on that? Mm. I think it varies depending on the fairness of your skin mm -hmm. um, or, or darkness of mm -hmm. your skin. And this is another thing might be really um, discerning about who I would deal mm -hmm. with. But if you have fair skin, it's pretty much harmless for people. If you have like brown skin, uh, the issue is that what the laser is doing most lasers are just distinguishing between the pigment between the hair and your skin mm -hmm. and if the pigment is pretty similar yeah. or close it could actually create discoloration on your skin mm -hmm. as a result so it's always so for fair skin it's like usually pretty clear particularly if you have darker hair mm -hmm. um, but once you start getting your brown skin or darker skin the results can be mixed and so you always want to patch test like if any if you go into a laser place and they don't first say we're going to do a few patch tests on your skin and wait like a week before we do it mm -hmm. don't do it there yeah because you definitely want them to find like a hidden area they can use the laser on so they can see what your body or what your body's going to react um to right. when you ultimately get it on your face mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Good advice. Okay, our last question. I have very fair skin and burn fairly easily, and I'm getting married on the beach. Any advice, tips, recommendations for sunscreen and makeup on your wedding day? So with this, like, sunscreen is going to be, like, on the day of is going to be the biggest thing you want to do or the most important step you don't want to skip. Uh, SPF 30 or greater, like, really you don't need more than SPF 50, um, but, like, anywhere between SPF 30 and SPF 50. Um, so, like, the L to ND that we recommended earlier is really good, particularly for sensitive and acne-prone skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has niacin, and it which helps with redness. So, like, if you're trying to reduce that redness on the day of. Um, and then even if you have, like, a separate niacinamide serum, for instance, I would just try it out to see how yeah. your face reacts to niacinamide. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually helps reduce redness on your face. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, like, find a cute hat. Like, if, like mm-hmm. if you can mi- literally minimize the time that you spend, like, in yeah. the direct sunlight because of the beach there may not be a tree in sight, you know? Mm-hmm. So you will want to just cover that area of the face. Yeah. Yeah, and in terms of makeup, I know that there are some really great... I mean, I don't want... I would never want to like tell the makeup artist to be like, use powder or don't use powder, but um, because sometimes people want a more dewy, you know, um, yeah. look. But there are a lot of great sunscreens that come in, like, a powder formulation mm-hmm. for, like, reapplying. So yeah. if you know, like, oh, your ceremony is going to be in the afternoon, like, maybe if the makeup artist yeah. doing touch-ups, they can do, like, certain touch-ups with, like, a powdered mm-hmm. um, uh, makeup, like, that has SPF yeah. in it as, like, an additional defense before the ceremony. Yeah. I think yeah. Supergoop has one. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. There's also really great BB creams out there that have mm-hmm. SPF in them. Yeah. And that right. might be actually doing yeah. the best, like... Three o'clock thing to do yeah. Yeah. Right before you walk out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely. Extra protection. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like I could just talk to you, ladies, for even longer about skincare. This was so helpful. I feel like there's such good tangible tips in here for brides who are listening and want to start a skincare routine for their wedding and. Tell everyone where they can find you and how they can take advantage of this very generous offer you're giving to our audience for a consultation with Bomb. So um, if you submitted a question, you can just DM us um, at the Bomb, and Bomb is spelled with two A's um, on Instagram, and we will get right with you. Yeah. And otherwise, you want to follow us, and that's our handle. Yeah. And our website is www.thebomb.com. Amazing. Oh, Thank remember you remember so the much. two A's. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Welcome back to Ask a Wedding Planner, brought to you by Planny. Hi, Annie. Hi, I'm Annie from Planny. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Lee, our wedding planner extraordinaire, is here to answer questions in this segment of the podcast. So this week we have a question um, from someone who's getting married in Truckee, California, in September of 2020. And they have a couple questions here, so we're going to get to a couple of them today. First question is, is it okay to only invite some of your friends' kids to the wedding? Mm, that gets political. Yeah. Um, so if you, I think I'm, what I'm understanding is you're going to invite some of your friends' kids, but not the others. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That gets really touchy because then you might offend someone like why is such and such allowed to but not me is there a way to draw a line if it's like immediate family members totally their kids or something yeah Yeah. absolutely you can no one can get mad at you if your you know niece and nephew are there however this question reads like some friends yeah so if you're letting two of your friends 
bring their kids, but not your other friend. Um, if it's not like an age cutoff thing yeah. or something really uh, something that someone can argue, mm-hmm. then I think it gets a little touchy and it's better to just do a no kids policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you don't align with your future mother-in-law's style, but she wants to help, What's a good task or project for her to be in charge of? Okay, very good question. A good very question. common thing that people go through. Yeah. So, and it, I really, okay, this Chucky Bride, I really do like how you are mindful of your mother-in-law's feelings mm-hmm. and yes. want to make her feel included because I think that's really, really great that you're building your relationship like that. Um, I find that, yes, she wants to be helpful. She wants to be involved. These are all good intentions, but let's place her like energy somewhere that we feel okay a lot of times what I have them do is some like if we have a rentals meeting or a final floral sample meeting Mm -hmm. and if it's going to be down to two things three things that we're going to like any one of them and that is a good place to bring Mm mother-in-laws mothers any sisters anyone who feels like who have kind of you get the sense that they want to be part of the planning Mm -hmm. and that they want to feel like their opinion has been somehow brought into it, then that's a good spot Mm -hmm. to bring them to or give them an assignment such as welcome bags Mm -hmm. or rehearsal dinner decor, something that is maybe a second, a secondary design item to you that you feel very comfortable not having total creative control over. That is a project that they can completely Mm -hmm. own and feel like is their own because yeah, it, it honestly remember it does come from a good place they want to help they want to be involved yeah um, and I always point out to couples that it's a really big moment for parents it's like when it's mm-hmm. imagine you had this little puppy your whole life I and then know. the puppy doesn't need you anymore and you're just so used to taking care of the puppy and then it's like I got it yeah so just think of Aww. it like that and try to be inclusive and um, yeah but I would say if you're doing welcome bags if you're doing any favors if you're doing any smaller decor items that aren't necessarily going to be like a big impact on your overall look, then that's a great, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great great area. Okay. If you're having a destination wedding, who do you invite to the rehearsal dinner besides the wedding party? Traditionally, I think it includes those who travel. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple destination weddings. weddings. Mm -hmm. For example, say you live in New York and it's a destination wedding for everyone else except for you. And then there's some local people. Mm -hmm. If it's like a combo, then yes, only the people that are coming from out of town and then, you know, the locals, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. However, if it is a true destination where everyone is flying in, Mm -hmm. you really are going to have to host everyone for every, Mm -hmm. for every like party that you're hosting. Yeah. That said, there is a way to not do that. And I do this with some people where they just want to have still that smaller immediate family and wedding party um, dinner. And then we open it up after and invite everyone mm-hmm. to have like a cocktail or, you know, meet at the hotel bar yeah. and have drinks. dessert. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're not having to be on the hook for paying for everyone's dinner two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes it works out because you don't know what time people's flights get in. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's just a good way for everyone to see each other before um, the wedding and hang out. Yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say if possible, um, anyone traveling, invite them. Yep. Are you supposed to tip all vendors? If not, who do you tip? 
There is a lot of debate on this topic. Yeah. yeah. What, is, what is Planny's perspective? <laughs> so Planny thinks that anyone who you feel – tip is a tip. Tip is something that you feel like someone's gone over and beyond and you're grateful that they're there that day and they've you know been nice to you through the process. That said, the rule of thumb is sort of like if they are the business owner, mm-hmm. you do, do not need to tip them. If they are the worker be of that company, it is nice to tip them. If I were to run down the list really quickly, I'll tell you who I do tip is I tip I definitely tip the caterer or whoever is the you know the wait staff and and we could have a whole nother thing about like what is service does a service tax that is often in the catering bill mm. go towards them and from what I understand it does not mm. um, so I always do an additional tip yeah that's like their administrative fee and it's very it's like one of the murky areas yeah. of the event industry so I still tip the caterers staff I, I tip all drivers I tip I tip uh, photo and video, all musicians, hair and makeup. I will have some money for if I'm going in and out of a hotel with a thousand boxes, mm-hmm. I will have some Bellman tip money. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously not as major. Um, what about the planner? Planner, I I mean, I would never write my own name on like a tip sheet. Because <laughs> I always do give clients like a t- suggested tip list. Mm-hmm. And again business owner I'm fine if you want to take care of my staff that would be wonderful Mm -hmm. but I'm just fine because I'm obviously you know I'm being compensated well so let me think if there's anyone else yeah I mean when you go down your vendor list the lighting guy anyone who's like hanging around town and being at your wedding what like kind of like just being there yeah do you tip the florist again I tip often the florist staff and mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. but maybe like not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but maybe not the head person unless they've gone beyond and especially if they've I know that they've thrown in things yeah that they were just being really nice and I'll maybe suggest to the client like they were so awesome with us do yeah. you want to give them a little something mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. great that's good I feel like people have so much confusion about tipping <laughs> it, it really isn't and can I tell you what I do because even I I'm a planner and I get confused and I want to make sure that I'm yeah. tipping them well maybe it's easier of a conversation for your planner to ask than for yeah. you directly because everyone's going to be like shy and like polite and be like yeah. no you know I just straight up ask my vendors what do you usually get tipped yeah like what is a nice tip for you and if they're like coy about it I'm like well, give, tell me something because I'm going to, you yeah. know, or I'm going to make it up. So yeah. <laughs> just, just be real with me. What is your yeah. usual tip? And they're like, oh, okay, well, I usually get this to this. I'm like, got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question. Um, would you recommend a band or a DJ? So that is a really good question. It's really circumstantial. So let's start with a DJ is typically like two to 4,000, and a band is more like – thousand to two thousand per musician with most bands being five to seven musicians you know starting so as you know you do the math you know like the DJ costs a lot less so Mm -hmm. if budget is a consideration definitely I recommend DJ for that then it goes to like what kind of music do you like Mm -hmm. if you like EDM don't get a band. <laughs> like, like, I've, I've heard some sick covers of some like Calvin Harris and Avicii, but it's not. The it's same. not what. You, it's not what you want. <laughs> so, so know the genre of music that you want them to play, and if it doesn't 
makes sense. It de- it doesn't convert into a band format. Mm-hmm. Go with the DJ. Yeah, I mean, I think that. And the, the last thing that I always consider is, what does your crowd, the people that are coming to your wedding, what are they used to? Like most weddings, do they go to have a band or a DJ? I find I for whatever reason most West Coast weddings, mm-hmm. a lot of them use DJ. Hmm, that's East Coast is like East Coast loves a band. East Coast is band, band, band. Yeah, you know. So it really is kind of geographical. It's cultural. It's even religious. Like mm-hmm. you just know your people, and like when you go to weddings, what is there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what about using both? You can totally use both. Yeah. It just is double. Yeah. <laughs> then you're just paying for both. <laughs> but if you can, if you have that flexibility, awesome. Yeah. And what we'll usually do is start it off with the band. Yeah. And then, again, if we are going into that, like, after party EDM yeah. set, then we'll have that DJ yeah. come um, for that. My brother and his fiance are doing, um, like, a traditional Guatemalan band mm-hmm. during the cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have a DJ for, like, the reception. Have, I think, you, have you heard of that? Like, sort of mixing up the music yeah, at different times? absolutely. And you know what? To that point, I love having a live music component at the wedding at some point in mm-hmm. the evening, you know? Mm-hmm. So if it's, like, how they're doing it with the cocktail musicians and then, you know, having the DJ later on, but I do like at some point in the evening having something. So even maybe like during dinner having a yeah. trio, mm-hmm. but then dancing goes into something else. And to your yeah. – because I, I do know a little bit about your brother's yeah. wedding. And I know it's in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And when you do destination, when I do destination, I tend to go DJ because yeah. I don't know if the local – if there's a language mm-hmm. barrier. If like they might not know the same yeah. songs or That's perform really it to point. the way that mm-hmm. – our crowd is going to expect it to be done. Mm-hmm. So unless you're flying out a 10-piece band, yeah. you know, airfare, hotel, meals, mm-hmm. <laughs> which gets expensive from your local community, then I always like a DJ yeah. and a destination. Great point. Okay, keep your questions coming for Ask a Wedding Planner. Annie Lee is going to be answering your questions every week on the podcast. You can email questions at lovestoriestv.com or DM us at lovestoriestv and include details about your wedding. So we want to know if you have a wedding date, the wedding location if you have one, and really specific questions having to do with your wedding. You can get really granular. Annie is the best. She's an expert and she's here to help. So we'll see you guys next week. Reminder to everyone listening out there, if you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode, you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com. You can DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv or ask it in our Slack group for brides-to-be and wedding pros, which you can join by going to bit.ly slash lstvslack. And if you have feedback about one of our answers, we definitely want to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and feelings on those same channels. Don't forget to subscribe to Love Stories Radio and leave us a review on iTunes. We love when people say nice things about us. And also, it helps other wedding lovers out there, like you, discover our show. And last but not least, are you a wedding pro? Email loveclub at lovestoriestv.com to get more info about how you can join our partner program, The Love Club. We help wedding pros build their brands and connect with a pipeline of customers on lovestoriestv.com and on our marketing channels, leveraging both the real wedding videos that feature their work and original content. So that's it. We'll see you back here next week. Bye.